Welcome back to the uh, Three Stooges of, of Basketball podcast. Eric's trying to tell me this is episode number 32. I don't believe him anymore, so we're not even going to talk about it anymore. Um, so today, uh, you know, we're basically getting getting going with the college season today. Um, first games at the Division One level were yesterday. Um, there have been games going, you know, back maybe like a week or so with some NAIA basketball and some Juco ball as well, but um, I'm sure a lot of people are very interested about the Division One stuff, um, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, a lot of games in the Midwest and just some, you know, mid- kids from the Midwest playing, you know, all over the country at this point. But um, we're going to start off talking about the fantasy draft that we talked about last week. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about how some of us had a good night, uh, opening night, and how some of us didn't. Um, but I'll, I'll throw it over to Mason just so we can kind of, you know, give the full lowdown and kind of how the scoring and everything is going to work for this. Brady, you are quoting about a great night when I only have one player play. Doesn't Damn. matter. Play Doesn't matter. Listen, like I, don't, I, don't win, I don't win fantasy leagues ever. I always lose. So I'm just going to be happy that I had a good night. All right. Fair. <laughs> okay. Just let fair. me have it. Fair, fair, fair. Um, yeah. So on Sunday, I believe it was, or actually late last week, we started fantasy drafting. Obviously, right uh, we didn't do it on the pod. Um, last week so we had to do it before monday um so essentially eric brady and i each drafted five players uh and just like normal fantasy basketball you know points will be one point um rebounds assists steals blocks will all be one point turnovers are minus one point um and the five that we drafted are the five that we're sticking with for the entire year um unless something crazy happens and Some of our players are just idiots, Um, which (laughs) you never know. Um, But we also, so for example, if um, someone's hurt, we we can pull a player from the existing pool of unpicked players to play for that week or or a couple weeks or whatever. So we just have to designate them as a replacement player. So Eric and I already had to pull up a replacement player for – this week's games, um, the bad part was is, is we didn't find out that those players were not playing until about 6 o'clock yesterday. So since most teams had already played, we, we obviously couldn't pick one of those players that had already played. Um, so we had to kind of scrounge together and, and find some players that you know hadn't played yet this week. Um, so we have two subs already. Um and then once once those players are playing, uh, we'll just put them back onto our roster as normal um, and proceed as, as normal. But we will um, be able to bring someone onto our team. So we all have five players at all times. Um, however, if someone uh, gets hurt on like a Friday and they have a Sunday game, like we can't just bring a single player up for like a Sunday game. It's a whole week thing. You know, we all have, they have to start the whole week for us. So. And I think we talked about like, if someone had like a season ending injury, we just would replace that player from that game going forward. Correct. Correct. Yep. Yep. So so season ending, obviously they are going to be off the roster and someone else will be placed onto the roster. So if, if someone does have a season injury, I think it might be a little bit advantageous because then you have the pick of Juju who is playing, yeah, the best players in the in college basketball. So 
Uh, but yeah, as far as fantasy goes, it's pretty much normal for for anyone who plays fantasy basketball or, or any fantasy sport out there. So, and fans, we have great news. Brady gets the first pick this time, and one of the, for the first time ever in any of our drafts. Yeah, no, it was uh, quite quite lucky because um, I did because uh, when we were making the order. Um, I said I was going to create a wheel to spin, but uh, Mason had uh, said he was going to create like a random generator ever. But I, I got it in before he he put his his out there. So that that meant that I actually uh, got it because he, he did send a, I forget what the order was that, that Mason had originally sent. But I felt OK because I had given my warning beforehand that I was indeed spinning a wheel. Um, so uh, we're just going to say that I got in- incredibly lucky with that. Um, and you know, I, I played it up, you know, I, I held my cards close to my chest for who that first pick was possibly going to be. I did my due diligence and, you know, scoured, scoured every database I possibly could. And, and imagine that I ended up with Caitlin Clark. Like, I'm- <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> we were stunned, floored, gassed. Yeah. You know, you always got to do your due diligence. I don't even think we let Brady make his pick. I think then we, we just said he's Brady. Clark. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Brady. Congrats on the first pick, Eric. You're on the board. Cameron Brink. That's Cam, Cam Brink. Down. Cam Cam Brink. Why'd you pick Cameron Brink, Eric? Is she's amazing and my bestie. No kidding. No, because she's gonna have to do a lot for Stanford to have a like a chance this year, and she's versatile. She can guard multiple positions. She can play multiple positions. My only my only trepidation with her is that she tends to get into foul trouble. And I don't know if that's been cleared up because if she goes off the court, Stanford is a JV team. Um, sorry. I had a, I had a, sorry. My, I got thrown off. I had a voicemail going through my, through our, our one landline that we have in our house. So my bad. I got thrown off. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then, so I had, the third pick, the last yeah. pick. Yeah. So I got two picks in a row. Um, and I went with Mackenzie Holmes because it, if you, you'll notice a trend in all my drafts, you will really notice a trend going back to when we drafted uh, high school players. Um, I wanted someone with the ability to score 20 points tonight and someone with the ability to grab you know, 12 to 15 rebounds at night. I think she'll have to take a bigger step this year with Grace Berger not there. So, you know, I think it's going to be pretty easy for um, McKenzie Holmes to average, you know, somewhere in the area of 23 and 10 to 12 rebounds a game. Um, You know, last year she averaged 23 and 8. So I don't think that is any, you know, much of a stretch for her this year. Um, and then my second pick was Liz Kitley from Virginia Tech. Uh, the reason I picked her was just because she's been the model of consistency over the last three years. You know, she's averaged 18 points a game and basically 10 rebounds a game for the past three years. Uh, and coming back this year, I don't think that, you know, that's going to really take a step back. Um, so that's why I went with, went with Kitley. She brings us back to Eric. So mine, I went with, and here's where the injuries already come in. Not injuries, but I guess it's out. I went with the reigning freshman of the year in the country, the Taina Lotson. Did I say that correct? Her first one throws me off. But Lotson from Florida State, who was out. So I will get to my replacement at the end of the draft, who I replaced her with this week. Yeah, don't worry, your brother. I think if you know Eric, you'll be able to figure it out. But 
Um, then I got a couple picks back to back. Um, and I tried to, you know, bounce out a little bit with, with those two picks. So the, so the second round pick, I took Angel Reese, obviously, you know, kid who's, um, uh, kind of a double, double machine, uh, especially, you know, since she started uh, playing at LSU and even last night, you know, even though, um, we're going to get to that game in a bit, even though things weren't exactly, you know, hunky dory for LSU, she still finished with 15 and 12. Um, and that's probably going to be like possibly like the worst game that LSU plays this year. Wrong. Um, so I feel like, I feel like that's, you know, Angel Reese is a pretty safe pick just to kind of gobble up a couple different, uh, different kinds of points for me. And then uh third uh third pick I took McKenna Hofschild, who I think is basically just mid-major Caitlin Clark, um, in a sense, where she just kind of does a little bit of everything. And uh yeah, I felt like I was pretty well set um after after getting those uh those two those two uh, on my on my team. My third pick I went with uh Rakia Jackson at Tennessee. Once again, kind of a situation where she'll have to do a little bit of everything for them. Super physical, athletic, can, you know, get you 20 to 25 a game. Can When she puts the effort in on the rebounds, can get you 10 to 15 rebounds. Or, you know, she does a lot for them. So I'm I'm comfortable taking Rakia Jackson. She's a pretty nice piece for Tennessee this year. Um, Yeah, for me, um, my next pick, I went with Caitlin Young from Murray State. Uh, again, you know, last year she averaged 22 and eight. Now as a senior, we'll be able to pretty much do whatever she wants on the floor for them. Um, we'll add a block and a steal a game. Doesn't really turn the ball over that much either. Uh, and, and I actually averaged two and a half assists last year as well. So, um, you know, I, I think she'll have, have no problem scoring, you know, 22 points a game and grabbing nine rebounds a game this year as she has in the past. So that's why I went with her. Um, as a model of consistency. Uh, and then my fourth pick was actually Kitley. I don't know why I went out of order on her. Um, so my second pick I'll go back to was Lauren Gustin from BYU. Um, you know, she's a six one kid who led the NCAA last year in rebounding at 16.7 rebounds a game. Um, every year of her career has averaged a double-double. Um, you know, we'll, we'll add a steal and a block per game as well. Uh, and I don't see any reason why she can't average 15 and 15 again this year with, you know, a couple assists, steals, and blocks a game. So I think that she's just a, a really safe pick. And then my fourth pick? Yeah. I'm going with the return. She a back, baby. Miss Minnesota, Paige Beckers. She coming for it. She bringing that 12th title to UConn. Uh. Well, um, I won't be as, uh, you know, as, you know, I don't even know how to describe it, I guess, uh, <laughs> showy uh, with, with my picks. Um, so with my fourth round pick, um, I, uh, I took a, another mid-major kid, um, Nasir Pryor from Sacred Heart. Um, she actually led pretty much, um, every statistical category for that team last year, points, rebounds, assists, steals. She was at the top of all of them for, for Sacred Heart and obviously, you know, pretty competitive. I believe they were, they were the pick and, uh, I forget what conference they were in, um, that we took last week, but I believe that they were the pick and I believe whatever league they're in. Um, I don't remember who took them. I'm sure I could, you know, do some, you know, baseline research and just go check myself right now, but you know, who cares? It's not that big of a deal right now. Um, and then, uh, the 
last pick, I took a a big from Kansas, um, Tana Jackson, a six six kid who averaged a double double last year, um, just to uh just to balance it out a little bit, um, with someone who's you know probably going to be you know mainly a rebounder and you know score you know hopefully a handful of points for me, um, but I think my scoring will be taken care of with uh with Pryor, um, Hofstrad and, and Clark, um, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm pretty well-rounded at, at that point to end things out. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough where I, I believe at least knock on wood, all of them will be playing this week. So I don't have to, you know, pick a replacement or anything like that. So I, I, I like how it went for me. And I feel like I used my number one pick to, to good use. Um, and my fifth pick, I was a lot more excited about when we did this on Friday. Um, but she can win me back over. I went Cody McMahon, big 10 reigning freshman of the year. Ended the season. Fantastic last year. Started it with a whimper this year, but hey, we got only way we can go is up from here. So Cody McMahon was my fifth, and I'm hoping yesterday was just a blimp or that she was sick, that Mercury was in retrograde or whatever the hell else caused her to play like a poop. Uh, yeah, and then for me, I went with Diamond Johnson, who transferred to Norfolk State um, from NC State uh, last year. You know, she's a senior. Um, last year she averaged about 12 points, four rebounds, four assists. Um, so I went with her just because I thought that, or actually she transferred from Rutgers to NC state, then from NC state now to Norfolk state. Um, but she's been pretty consistently, you know, the same player over those three years. Um, so I went with her, with her transferring down, thinking that she was going to be the main key offensive player on that team and once she's eligible uh she will be um however as i said she's not eligible she's still waiting on her waiver um so that leads us into our first replacement players for week one and i'm going to replace diamond johnson this week with rory Harmon from texas um obviously eric and i both had replacement players for this week and we, like I said earlier, didn't find out until about six o'clock yesterday. So we had a choice of about 15% of the entire women's college basketball pool to choose from. And I thought Rory Harmon was one of the better players that had not played yet. So uh, I'll let Eric tell you, uh, and you can be surprised on who his replacement player is. Ron Mamba, baby. She got two games this week. Girl going for 40 in each. Twelve and four. Just watch. <laughs> that would still get me more points than Cody McMahon yesterday. <laughs> People are keeping track of this. Cody McMahon, I'm last in the fantasy league after day one because I got one player who got me 10 total points. Thanks, Cody. Here's a hot take. I think Eric or I think Brady's gonna win this week. Solely because Caitlin Clark has three games. But oh, then that's three triple doubles. We're screwed. But then, yeah, but then, yeah, a couple weeks, some... she's only got like one game a week for like a two week stretch. So it Ugh. evens out. Yeah, just looking to looking to rack up some early early victories. Get my get team morale as high as possible heading into the headed into the dark days. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, um, is it time to just talk about some some games? Is that is is it time for that? Um, we're gonna Can save we the LSU let... stuff. I don't want to okay. say that. I don't want to hear it right. Now. I heard it so much last night. I don't know if I want to hear it right now. 
Okay. Yes. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's start with the best game, like the two best games of the day. Literally the one that noon and one o'clock in the day. Or for Mason, one, two. Which ones are you referencing, Eric? The one one of the one of the overseas in Paris, and the other one was over in Vegas, but at one o'clock with a, a freshman going nuts. Go for it. Speak speak your mind, Eric. You got something on your mind. Okay, let's uh, let's start off with this like the, this freshman class is already psychotic. Like they are amazing. You have Hannah Hidalgo at Notre Dame dropping thirty one in her first game, and she was carrying whatever offense that Notre Dame team had left. Then you had my already pick for freshman of the year, Yuji Watkins, who ate up Ohio State. We had talked a lot about Ohio State's press and how they're deep and how everything's great. They looked ridiculous yesterday. They had no offense if they weren't forcing turnovers, which they still do very well. But it's hard to force Juju into turnovers with 32 points. So those two games in South Carolina, wow. I mean, y'all, she did not. They are not a rebuild. They are reload, and they look like they're ready to kill. Yeah, I think after yesterday, two things that I think stood out to me the most, like you said, if if Ohio State's not forcing turnovers, then they're going to struggle a little bit. I still think they're going to be very good, but their starters are going to play a ton of minutes. So I can see, you know, like last year, you know, they, they played a lot of minutes last year as well. And then once we got into Big Ten play, they kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, so I can definitely see that happening again this year. You know, they only played two bench players more than 15 minutes off the bench and had four starters go 33 plus minutes. Um, and when those starters were out, like it was, it was not, not pretty. Um, but same thing for USC, you know, when, when Juju was out of the game, that's when Ohio state made their big run. Um, so I think it's a little bit of, of both. I think USC is much better than their preseason 21 ranking. And I think Ohio state is, is probably not quite as good as their number seven ranking. Um, but like, that was, that was a really good game. Uh, Ohio state was down, I think 19 points in the third quarter and came back to, uh, did, I think they took the lead going into the they fourth, have, didn't they? They have two going into the fourth after nine, they were down 19 with seven minutes left to go in the third. Yeah, it was it was insane. Um, I was kind of watching it in the background, and every time I looked up, it was like you know seventeen points, and then it was eleven points, and then it was five points, and then it was tied. <laughs> I was just like, "What in the world is going on?" Um, and then yeah, that that South Carolina Notre Dame game. Um, Hannah Hidalgo is is probably one of the best freshmen in in the country. Um, probably will be. I mean, if you're basing it off one game, like I think that's your front runner for, you know, the the freshman of the year. Um, however, it is just one game, but she looked really good, and Notre Dame is obviously going to be relying on her throughout the year. Um, one one thing about her that I thought can be cleaned up and definitely will be cleaned up, and it could have just been a product of them playing in South Carolina, was that I thought that she tried to do too much at times. Um, you know, turn the ball over a lot. But again, I think that's just kind of her style of play, and that's what you're just going to kind of get. I think you'll take six turnovers, you know, with with someone that scores 31 points on, you know, in my opinion, probably the top team in the country. Um, and again, like Eric said, you know, South Carolina is is not rebuilding their, you know, back. Um, you know, they shot 31% from the three-point line last night or yesterday afternoon. But, like, that's an improvement from last year. 
Um, you know, they've got a couple kids now that can shoot the ball from deep. Um, Full Wiley is, is probably as, as electric of, of a player as anyone uh, in, in college basketball on the women's side. Um, you know, her and Caitlin Clark are probably going to be the, the two that, you know, people are seeing the most highlight reels on social media of. Uh, and then I thought Cardoso played extremely well. You know, she had scored 20 points, 15 rebounds, and 24 minutes of play, uh, along with four blocks. Um, yeah, I, I texted the group chat yesterday and said, there's not, not a team better than South Carolina. And I think that they're the number one team in the country right now, in my opinion, uh, because they've also got depth, too, in uh, good depth. It's not like, you know, you're, you're pulling kids who – you know, are, are outside the top 100. You're, you're pulling off some of the top kids in the country off your bench. So I think they're going to be right there at the end of the year again. I think they're going to, I think they're going to win the, the SEC. I do too. I'm glad I took them in our tournament and our, um, I will say in regards to Hannah, I think one thing that will help her is when Olivia miles and KK band brands Bansford is back. Those are two guards that she's kind of, I mean, Citron can handle, but Citron doesn't really want to be any, we're near kind of point guard. So I think that kind of forced Hannah to be the ball in her hand a lot where Olivia can maybe relieve some of that and let her play off the ball a little bit. I was telling Brady this yesterday about South Carolina. I said, I feel like Aaliyah Boston is going to look at the amount of space that Cardoza gets this year and be like foaming at the mouth mad. Like they actually have shooters like Tiana Pow Pow who can lit like you can't double. Like you are going to get burned from South Carolina if you give them threes like you gave them threes in the previous years. Like, I think Cardoza is going to, like, thrive this year because she has shooters around her. And you have to pick either 6'7", who's huge, mobile, and active, or you have to try and stop the shooters who looked... I mean, they looked unstoppable yesterday. I mean, there was not a chink in their armor yesterday. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's hard to argue against, you know, beating a team by, like, 30 is like a top 10 team in the country, you know, like it's, you know, I don't think you'll find a much better, you know, a much more like a statement when I'd say, um, at least for like where a team, you know, will be toward the end of the season, I'd say. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and then just running down the big 10 real quick, uh, obviously the, the only game that there's really any need to talk about was that Ohio state USC game. Um, you know, I will open their season with an easy win, you know, 102 to 46 over Farley Dickinson. Um, Maryland beat down Harvard by 23. Nebraska, you know, blew out Northwestern State. Uh, Michigan played Purdue Fort Wayne, beat them by 19. Uh, and then Rutgers kind of struggled with Monmouth. Uh, they ended up winning by five, but, you know, Rutgers is not you know, at the top of the Big Ten, and, and Monmouth's actually not a terrible team either. Um, and, and Rutgers kind of just struggled putting the ball in the basket a little bit. Um, you know, they only hit two three-pointers, turned it over 19 times, so I think we're going to see a lot of, um, you know, a lot of struggles from, from Rutgers this year. Um, and then uh, Purdue lost to uh, UCLA by 43 points. Um, were you surprised and- by that, how much, how much of a blow that was? I would, no, I wasn't. I wasn't at all. Um, some people on the Purdue forums were, you know, kind of in shock and, you know, like, what the heck is going on? And kind of like, well, we thought we were going to be better this year. And then I was just like, listen, 
this is typical in women's basketball. You know, you've got London Jones and Kiki Rice, two of the best guards in the country. You have Lauren Betts, who's a former number one commit or number one recruit, who's six seven. Purdue's tallest kid is six two. And then you've got, you know, Amanda Muse and, and Gabriela Hawkes coming off the bench. Like I would I would have been surprised if it was, you know, within twenty five points, to be honest with you. Um I don't think this game is indicative of how, you know, good or bad Purdue is going to be in any, any way. Fair. So it, it was a good, probably good experience. Uh, I know that, I know Katie wanted to use this game as a tester to see, uh, since obviously there'll be four West coast schools coming in to see how many days of rest they need after, how do the players react to coming back from West coast crib? Um, you know, what they can do in practice the following days, what their schedule needs to be like. So she was kind of using it as, you know, a test for, you know, the future as well. So. Our lady. Yep. Uh, so as far as Big Ten goes, that's uh, that's all the games that were yesterday. Um, I'm sure Brady watched a couple of them in major schools. Yeah, I'm a bit of a sicko like that. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, there's a couple um, that kind of uh, um, that were pretty interesting ones that you know are from our neck of the woods. I mean, we can start with the Drake St. Thomas game, um, which I mean, Drake kind of just put their foot on St. Thomas's neck in, in the first quarter and just kind of blitzed them. They were up twenty six to eight after the first quarter, um, and there's not really a whole lot that you're going to really get out of a game like that, obviously. Um, but I mean. You know, pretty pretty balanced attack from Drake's um, starting five outside of Ann Miller, who pretty much did everything but score in in that game. And I mean, finishing ninety four sixty nine. I mean, it was probably pretty like it's probably pretty uh, representative of kind of how that game felt from from start to finish. Um, did you ever did you get a chance to see that game at all, Mason, or should I just move on to the uh, to the Green Bay Northern Iowa game? Uh, yeah, I actually watched it last night, or actually this morning, about two a.m. Um, yeah, I thought that Drake came out really, I mean, it was just a typical Drake game. You know, they, they pushed the pace up the floor as quickly as possible. St. Thomas struggled on defense, just getting lost, uh, at times. Drake plays a really nice two, three matchup zone, um, that, that, you know, teams don't see very often. And I think St. Thomas, especially in the first quarter, as Brady said, was, was really, um, hesitant on how to attack it and how to run their sets against it. Um, But yeah, I mean, and it was really just a typical Drake performance. They played really solid defensively. They got a ton of wide open threes and hit 15 of them. uh, And, you know, as usual, assisted on almost every basket, you know, they had 27 assists on 33 made shots. Um, They'll want to clean up the turnovers a little bit, um, but all in all, you can't really complain about scoring 94 points in your first game of the year um, with three new starters. Yeah, then, you know, moving over to another uh, Valley team, um, pretty big mid-major game, I'd say, between Green Bay and, and Northern Iowa. Um, uh, obviously, both these teams, um, you know, picked uh, when the their respective conferences, Green Bay and the Horizon and Northern Iowa and the Valley. Um, and uh, honestly, like this game pretty much after the first quarter was all Northern Iowa, um, even though the third quarter, I believe Green Bay ended up winning that by like, I don't even know, it was, it was minuscule. Um, but yeah, the first quarter, Green 
Green Bay came out, um, pretty much got whatever they wanted in the paint, which is kind of where their offense is kind of based around anyway. Um, they had uh, Natalie McNeil um, transfer from SLU last year, um, ended up, you know, playing pretty solid game. Pretty, uh, she's kind of a, a weird, um, kind of a quirky player, I'd say. I mean, 5'8", kind of like scoring in the paint more so than playing on the perimeter, which isn't super common, but... Um, you know, Green Bay up 22-13 after the first quarter, and uh, Grace Buffelli um, actually went out with foul trouble pretty early in this one. And then after she went out, um, Northern Iowa just kind of went on an absolute tear. Um, I've they they made pretty much most of their threes in the third quarter, if not probably like um, probably somewhere around fifty five percent of them in the third in the second quarter, I should say. And I uh, ended up shooting eleven for twenty seven, so forty percent three point shooting on on the day. Um, can't really you know complain about that. It's probably about as uh, good as you'd hope. Um, and then uh, you get Green Bay shooting two for twenty one from the three point line. So I mean you're I mean when you're when that's that much of a uh, of a difference, it's going to be pretty hard to win any game you play. Um, and you know, Green Bay kind of dug themselves a hole that they really couldn't dig themselves out of late in that game. And Northern Iowa got to, uh, you know, take their, take their home opener and, you know, have a pretty, you know, solid win against uh, a team that's, you know, horizon league champion last year and, um, projected to win it again this year. Uh, yeah. And then just wanted to touch on a couple, a couple other teams as well, um, uh, from our area that we talk about quite a bit. Uh, Creighton opened up with North Dakota State. Um, they won that game by 23 points, had a really good game defensively. Uh, Lauren Jensen from Minnesota uh, scored 23 points. You know, she's going to be a key player for that squad once again this year. Um, you know, this is probably one of the best teams Creighton's had in terms of talent over, you know, Coach Flan's entire career. Um, just because they've got a ton of continuity as well. Um, and then Keani Lockett from Minnesota, who's a freshman, uh, played 20 minutes as well and, and looked pretty good. So I think she'll play, you know, quite a, quite a role this year off the bench. Uh, probably will be their first player off the bench, actually. Um, and, and I really liked her as a player in high school. Um, and then Illinois State just destroyed Omaha. You know, they kind of came out firing away early on took a 32 to 10 lead in the first quarter um you know they had pretty pretty balanced scoring you know they had uh five kids and in double figures um but they're going to be you know really good this year uh with their shooting ability they didn't shoot it great but you know they have a couple kids that can really knock down shots uh south dakota played division two northern state pretty easily won that game. And then South Dakota state played Arkansas state and only won by 13 points, uh, 55 to 42. Uh, but Brooklyn Meyer had a really good game. Uh, I think she'll be, you know, probably their most important offensive player this year. Um, you know, she scored 15 and had 14 rebounds. Paige Meyer had 18 points and five steals. Um, but then Jenna hop off the bench, Played 18 minutes. Ellie Colback played 19. And so some of those guards are going to, you know, be pretty key contributors, especially with South Dakota State starting four forwards in their starting lineup. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how South Dakota State is. I figured they would beat Arkansas State by a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, Arkansas State is is one of the better teams in the Sun Belt. Um 
and their defense was really good. So not much to write home about there, but were there any other games that you guys had on your, on your radar yesterday? Yeah. So there's actually one um, that I um, really want to talk about in particular. Um, So uh, I try to keep up a lot of the, uh, a lot of the kids that graduated last year from Wisconsin just to kind of check in to see kind of how they were, how they were doing. A lot of the kids either came off the bench or, or didn't play mostly because one, they're freshmen and two, a lot of them in major programs are going to obviously have kids that they have long-term, even power five at the women's side, but um, obviously. So, I mean, the one that I really want to talk about is NJIT. Um, they actually have two kids that came in from our neck of the woods and Maddie Dogs from Kewaskin, Wisconsin and Audrey Corman um, from out in Minnesota. Um, and if you would have told me last year that the first kid to start a NCAA Division One game was going to be Maddie Dogs, um, I probably would have looked at you kind of cross. But um, she played an awesome game yesterday. I mean, she was outstanding. Um, she played 31 minutes, um, second uh, leading, uh, second leader on the team with that. Only um, another, only one kid had 32 minutes for for them, but. Um, yeah, I mean, she finished with seven points, nine rebounds, three blocks, and uh, I believe a steal as well. Um, so she was kind of all over the place, and she's always been a really, really good defensive kid. And, you know, toward the end of that game, um, Army had a had a post that ended up actually really hurting them down the stretch, and they decided, hey, throw Maddie on her. And Maddie did a really good job just slowing her down and, you know, um, pretty much weathered a pretty big storm because they were up big going into halftime. I mean, they gave up 15 points in the first half, and then uh, Army came out in the third quarter and had 26 points. Um, so they pretty much almost they nearly doubled their entire um, point total just in a quarter. Um, and uh, their answer was to throw Maddie Dogs on uh, at the problem, and it worked. And uh, she was a pretty big reason that they won that game. And, you know, I've kind of learned my lesson um, in kind of betting against Maddie Dogs and succeeding in kind of, you know, any situation, whether it's state tournament last year or at the Division One level this year. So I um, just wanted to give, give Maddie a quick shout-out for uh, uh, having a really good uh, first game at the collegiate level and, and starting it and playing 31 minutes and getting the win out of it. Uh, and then there are two more games I want to talk about just super quickly before we get into the number one versus 20 matchup that might have been the biggest game of the day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the first games of the day, actually, uh, that tipped off was Iowa State and Butler. Um, you know, Iowa State always plays at 11 a.m. on opening day just because that's their kids' day where all the kids from elementary schools come out. Um but I thought they, you know, for playing and starting, you know, they started two freshmen and there were three other freshmen that came off the bench. And, you know, I thought looked pretty solid for their youth. Um, you know, they're, they're returning non-freshmen um, they only played about 75 minutes. So they had 125 minutes of, of freshmen on the floor. Um, You know, Addie Brown looked like she's going to be, you know, the real deal. Uh, She had 11 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Uh, Ariana Jackson played, you know, didn't have the statistical output, but I thought played very well, handled the pressure of Butler extremely well. She only had one turnover. She ran the point quite a bit. Uh, And then Audie Crooks, you know, um, you could see actually her evolve throughout the game uh, early on. They were sending double teams at her, and she was really struggling to get the ball out, had a couple turnovers. But then uh, in the second half, uh, you know, she looked much more comfortable 
passing out against double teams and actually had a couple assists for three pointers. Um, but you know, she had eight points, five rebounds in 17 minutes. So I think you'll take that production from her. Uh, Kelsey Jones hit a couple threes, had 13 points. Uh, Jalen Bristow had six points, five rebounds. Um, and so I think these, these freshmen for Iowa state are going to be key players for them this year. You know, they're going to get a ton of minutes. Um, and, and for Butler, I thought that they had some nice, nice spots as well. Um, you know, I thought Carson Norman off the bench didn't have her best game shooting, uh, but didn't have a turnover, uh, against some of the Iowa state pressure. Um, you know, Sydney James also, I thought played pretty well. Caroline Strand played pretty well. Um, so I think this is going to be about other team that's definitely improved over where they were the past couple of game, or past couple of years with uh, Parkinson there. Um, but again, I think it was it was a, a really good win, obviously for for Iowa State. Uh, and then the other game I want to talk about was was one that kind of surprised me as I was kind of following along with it um, was the St. Mary's and Grand Canyon game. Uh, so the score at the end of the first quarter was nine to four St. Mary's and then St. Mary's dominated Grand Canyon through the next three quarters to take a 47 to 31 lead and in, into the fourth quarter. Um, and at one point in the fourth quarter, Grand Canyon, um, was down, I think it was 19, but St. Mary's had a 99.9% chance to win with like seven minutes left in the game. And Grand Canyon went on a twenty-two to nothing run, and hit a three at the uh, at the buzzer to win the game. Uh, so I thought that was one of the most one of the definitely one of the most craziest comebacks I've ever seen because they held St. Mary's to zero points for the final seven and a half minutes of the game, but they also scored, you know, twenty-three points in a row to come back and win the game. Um, so I thought that was that was a crazy game. Um, but just want to throw that in there because come back. So I think it's time for us to to let Eric talk. Yeah, yeah. Let Eric um, is the best way to put it. Yeah. So Eric, there was a game that you were very fond of uh, watching yesterday, especially with with the result that happened. Uh, unfortunately, your uh, favorite player in the history of Minnesota high school basketball didn't play in the game. Um, however, her team could have potentially beat one of your most hated teams in the world. So why don't you tell, tell us about this LSU Colorado game? I have a, I will have a bone to pick though. First, I am actually furious with Colorado, their entire team right now. The fact that none of them hunted down Angel Reese to do the, you can't see me the entire time. Like I would have followed her back to Baton Rouge. Especially Miss Homegirl hitting seven threes. Apparently LSU can't see a shooter because they couldn't get out there on one to save their life. Um, NIL money is great. Running your mouth the entire offseason is great. Do your TikToks. Have your, for some reason, weird assistant coach do a video of Kim Mulkey eating chicken in her hotel room the night before a game. That's lovely. It doesn't mean wins. Um, Their defense was terrible. Their only offense, for some reason, was just free throw line jumpers, and that was their offense with free throw line jumpers. Um, I think Morrow's starting to realize you don't get thirty shots anymore. 
you don't get to sit there and shoot whenever you want because you barely scored and barely touched the ball. Um, there's not only one basketball. Angel Reese couldn't stop herself from tripping people when they were trying to press people. So she was getting in foul trouble left, right, and sideways. Haley Van Lith looked, well, like like Louisville won that trade. Um, I would like to also point out DePaul and Louisville both won yesterday. Just saying. I mean, granted, not as good of opponents. But to give Colorado credit, they are a well-coached team. They're a well-run team. Jalen Sherrod is a fantastic point guard who just was constantly putting pressure on them. Then you had the shooter, the Frida. I think it's Frida, but it's Frida we're going to call her. She was outstanding. And then big mama down low. Von Lay was unstoppable. And I'm sorry. And here's my thing. If you're having a hard time stopping her, when they see Cardoza, they might as well just go home. Unless you might as well just go home because Cardoza is going to eat them. She's even quicker than her. And bigger. Oh, taller, not bigger, taller. We'll go taller. It was a beautiful reminder that LSU can talk all they want. They have to show up when they when it comes actually to show up. We all now know why Kim Mulkey schedules how she does because her team's terrible in the non-conference. Um, I think, and here's my other rebuttal. I'm hearing a lot of people being like, oh, they have time to gel. USC had three transfer starters in their starting lineup, and they looked just fine yesterday. I don't think you need time to gel when, and here's my other thing. Yes, they probably, LSU will be better. They will win games. I'm not unrealistic. I'm not as psychotic to know that they won't do that. But when they run their mouth, the entire non-conference, and they talk about NIL money and that they're the queens of basketball, and then they show that performance, y'all, you better eat some crow. And speaking of eating some crow, they sent... In the press conference afterwards, they sent the freshman. The freshman guard had to be the one after for the defending champs losing the first game after winning a title since the first team to do that since 1995, 1996, when UConn did it. They sent the freshman to do it. Not the face of women's basketball, Angel Reese. Not Haley Van Lith, who was on a video less than four hours before that saying, we'll give all the free smoke to everyone. We give all that free smoke. Suddenly now they're shy. Suddenly, her and Angel don't want to run their mouths anymore. I'm stunned. Stunned as stunned could be. It was a beautiful night. The Ken Ken Sanders effect. Colorado's fantastic. They're now my second favorite team right now in NCAA basketball. In uh, a little bit of defense there, uh, LSU did send their leading scorer on the night to the podium. So I'm not like overly shocked by it. Uh, but usually teams do send like multiple players up um but if it was just one like that's probably who i would send up to so just to push back a little bit on that um i think angel should have had to face all the stuff that she did because caitlin clark had to sit there and go up there after she lost an NCAA championship this is game one get your ass up there angel or um, either one and the other thing too is i think i i think that i'm a little hesitant to call this an upset as everyone was doing on social media, because I don't think it was that big of an upset because I think Colorado is very, very, very good. Um, you know, I am, I am not really shocked at all that they lost. Um, you know, Colorado's got a lot of continuity. Uh, they're well coached. They had a really good year last year. You know, they beat Stanford last year. It's not like they, or maybe it was two years ago that they beat Stanford. No, it was last year. Wasn't oh, last it? Last year. In January. Yeah, they beat him with Haley Jones. 
Yeah. And so, like, I'm not shocked by this. I think that, you know, LSU is going to have to definitely uh, mess around with some of their rotations. Um, I didn't think there was any spark off the bench. Um, You know, you've got your five star players in the starting lineup. And then off the bench, you don't really have that much scoring, uh, you know, potential. Besides Samaya Smith, who came off the bench and had, you know, a really good game for her. You know, scored 16 points, got five rebounds in 26 minutes. Um, But, you know, she's definitely a step down from Maisel Reese and Morrow and, um, you know, Flage and Haley Van Lith and um, Michaela Williams. Uh, so I think one of those players will probably need to go to the bench to come in for the second unit. But that's the problem of, okay, how, you know, if you're, you know, you're not going to send Angel Reese to the bench. You're probably not going to send Flage to the bench. Like, you probably don't want to send Michaela Williams to the bench since she just had, you know, the highest scoring output of, of anyone on the team. So then do you send uh, Anissa Morrow to the bench, which maybe I would probably think about, send her to the bench and say, okay, hey, you're going to be the leader of our second group. You're going to come in. You're going to be able to get your, you know, your 12, 15 shots with the second group. And that's what we need. You, We need you to be a starter on the bench. Um, and another thing that I noticed was, you know, Haley Van Lith was pretty solid offensively, but defensively, if if you're a big, you know, on an opposing team that can shoot, like I don't know why you wouldn't pull your big out, get the post players, you know, get Angel Reese away from the basket and go one on one with Haley Van Lith. Because she proved once again that she can't defend at a high level. Offensively, yeah, she's gonna be pretty solid every night. But like you know, 14.7 assists, but if you're giving up 25 points on the defensive end, you know, to your man, what what good is that, you know, in the long run? Um, so I think LSU, I think they'll be fine. I think they're, you know, still a top five team in the country. I think they have some things they obviously need to, to work through. Um, and, you know, now they'll have three weeks to work through it before they face off with Virginia Tech uh, at the end of November. So, you know, they're going to have, you know, six games here where they're going to win by whatever, you know, whatever score they want to win by. Um, you know, and then they're going to play Virginia and Virginia Tech. And that's their next, um, you know, the next battle. And then again, after that, then they have another month of not playing, you know, any competition, which, you know, is, is neither here nor there, but I'm not sure it matters a ton if you don't play really good competition as we saw last year. Um, and, and I think for a team like this, where they all basically are, are brand new to each other. I think that having a schedule where you play Queens, Mississippi Valley state, Kent state, Texas, Southern Niagara, Southeast Louisiana in November, isn't necessarily the worst thing either. So the other thing too that I that I just found interesting just watching him play is there really didn't seem to be like any threat on the perimeter for them outside of yeah, Haley Van Lith. Yeah, and they, they don't shoot. try to either. I think that's the biggest thing. Like even though even if you have kids who can't make it, the fact that you don't have like a lot of threat out there, like I I genuinely don't think Colorado cared 
when the ball was outside the three point line because there wasn't really anything that they were going to do with it, which I think is probably the biggest issue that they have. Um, and I, like it kind of showed its head a little bit for South Carolina last year um, when they played Iowa with Caitlin just pretty much not even caring about Raven Johnson's ability to shoot the ball, um, even though she made a couple. But shooting 10 threes in a, in a basketball game in 2023 is kind of unheard of. Um, it doesn't really happen a lot, even at the high school level, um, even with less time being played. So I thought that that was kind of, that was just an oddity, but I think it's kind of going to have to be the way that they play. And I don't exactly know how much of a winning formula that is. If you're just going to bank on, you know, mid-range jumpers and offensive rebounding, I think that's something that, uh, could definitely come in, um, bite them in the, in the butt at some point, um, you know, in, in March. Yeah. I agree. And, and two, if you look at the makeup of the team, you know, historically, they're not a good shooting team. None of those players are. Um, you know, the only one that can shoot threes is, is Haley Van Lith. You know, Anissa Morrow didn't really shoot threes. Angel Reese doesn't shoot threes. Um, Williams doesn't shoot threes. And um, Flage doesn't really shoot threes either. Um, you know, when Haley Van Lith is your best shooter at like, 35%. That's not a really good recipe for success uh, in, in terms of playing, you know, top 10 teams in the country. And then you look at, you know, just to compare to South Carolina, like they went out and they got people to fill their weaknesses, which last year was shooting the ball. You know, they went out and got Tessa Johnson. They went out and got Pow Pow. You know, they, they can shoot the ball down. And it might not be, you know, 40%. But if they can make them at 33% even this year, like that's going to give Gardosa so many, you know, one-on-one opportunities, just like Eric was saying earlier. So I think that's the biggest reason that LSU might struggle this year is because they can't shoot it, like you said. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, it's it's an alarming lot in the sense of how they lost um but still like there's uh like obviously you know it's game one of you know um, however 30 plus games that you're going to play this year so and uh you know whether whether eric likes kim mulkey or not she's been a successful coach so you one would think that they would be able to uh figure some things out going forward but again um alarming uh loss in just the manner of uh you know kind of how it, how it all went down it's a shock that NIL money can't make a team work. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest about LSU, Eric? Just while, you, while we have the I, time here. Once again, Colorado, shout out to you. You did what you needed to do. Myth um, Frida, keep shooting, girl. That's the Kennedy Sanders effect right there. She didn't even need to play. And now they're 1-0 against the number one team in the country. Kennedy Sanders, is that's how good she is. Man, imagine if that kid ended up think... in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Sherrick would spontaneously combust <laughs> well like i said my, my thing about it is like i've a lot of what i've said and i mean i know it's not, i know i don't always know sound like i know what i'm talking about at times and let's be honest but like there's not enough basketballs to go around when you have this when you have 100 people that need shots like flage johnson took three shots moro took nine shots and she was two for nine i mean there's not enough basketball to go around if you have to have reef and van lith and the freshman who's very talented she's not as good as juju but she have i mean if they all need to have 15 plus shots eventually someone's not going to and when you buy these players to come in and say you're gonna like mason said one has to go to the bench 
well, if you bought them to come here and say, you're going to be starting, how do you then say, well, we paid you, but now go to the bench. I think it's just, it's, it was a house of cards that are going to come crumbling down. I cannot wait for their game against South Carolina. I may actually get like a Cardoza jersey. Not a Tulsa one? Not a what? Not a Tulsa Johnson jersey? I want Cardoza because I want her to go for 50 on him. If Vonley can give, I'm sorry, if Vonley can give a team 24 on them, Cardoza might give them 40. Oh, man. Um, is there anything yeah, else you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, are there LSU any other games? Before? No, not LSU-wise. I think I'm off that soapbox. I'm not. <laughs> I am not from now. Okay, we are. I'm for now. Eric, we won't be talking. We won't be talking about them for another month. So, so Virginia Tech beats them. I mean, if there's not any games, we do uh, have. Uh, are there any game? Oh, did we interrupt you there, Mason? My bad. Yeah, I, I apologize. No, I didn't. No, it's okay. <laughs> you're the master. What were you saying? Uh, no, you're the you're the, what is it? What is it? He's the he's the, the leader, gatekeeper, right? A gatekeeper. My bad. It's been a while since we brought that one up. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, my favorite. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, are there any other matchups this week? Since obviously we aren't going to reconvene until next Monday or Tuesday. Uh, any matchups the rest of this week that you guys are looking forward to? I know there are a lot that I am looking forward to. Go first. Versus and I will. World. Okay. Uh, I was thinking more like Iowa, Virginia Tech on Thursday. Or Tennessee, Tennessee Florida State, Florida State on Thursday. Or... Uh, Saturday we also or uh, Sunday we also have a really good slate of games. Um, Maryland, South Carolina. Yeah, we've got Maryland, South Carolina. Um, we've got Iowa, uh, UNI. Iowa, UNI. Uh, Stanford, Indiana. Um, Oklahoma oh, State, Colorado. Kama, 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 Brink. Oh my! <laughs> so there's there are a lot of good storylines i think um you know a couple you know top 15 teams playing uh, obviously stanford and iu being one of them iowa virginia tech being one of them um you know obviously in, in both of those we have fantasy fantasy uh implications with kitley Which versus is the most Clark and Breen versus mckenzie holmes yes yes i'll be i'll be following all of our players more so than I think anything else this year. I'm curious to see rooting against one game Brady's players and Eric's players. There, can Mackenzie Holmes stick with Cameron Brink? I know she's the defensive player of the year, but Cameron Brink's a whole nother like dog that you don't see in the Big Ten. Like Cameron Brink's amazing. Well, I guess we'll see. Won't we? That's why they play the games. Is that what they say? <laughs> That's why we played it yesterday. The higher seed. Exactly. Those teams ranked in the 20s, like Colorado and USC, they're like, that's disrespect. Put some respect on their name. They're coming for the top 10. Would, would you would you fellas like a live um, fantasy update for BYU? Sure. Um, it appears as if Lauren Gustin got in foul trouble in the first half and uh, is currently sitting at the half Great. with uh, zero points, four rebounds, and a steal and a turnover. So four points. Hey. She's on pace to be the worst player for me. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if she if she keeps that up, she might get a Cody McMahon though. Yeah, true. No, I don't I'm, know. I, I've I've 
almost like disregarded this whole fantasy because Caitlin Clark has three games and you know ninety points for Brady. Fair, so I'll have have Cody save it for one of the games. The fantasy winner is all about right. That's true. That was a rough one, but this one's a rough one too. I think the winner of fantasy each week is probably going to be the person that has their players play the most games. Oh, I thought you were going to say the person that has Caitlin Clark. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that if that person no, happens to no, have no. Caitlin Clark for three games, they're probably um, in good fit. Yes, yes, because you're sitting at you know forty points for three games. And speaking of that, like I told you guys, because that's why one of the oh. reasons for my replacement, I picked Mara. Because Mara has two more games this week where Ju- I would have went with Juju, but I can't pick yesterday because we found out after her game. I can't be that's cheating, let's be honest. And Juju only has one more game this week, so I have a better chance of getting more bang for my buck with Mara's two games than one Juju game. Although Juju, you are this, Eric. Juju is. Eric, Eric's about to get into the daily fantasy game and make absolutely negative money. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have a new favorite. Yeah. Play- I have a new favorite player this year. Yeah. So I'm glad. Do um, um, I do want to talk about one game. Uh, just self. I was. Go ahead, Eric. I mean, Brady. Sorry, I did not mean that evil on you. That's hurt. That hurts. Um. Well, tonight, the reason that we're actually recording this right now and and not tonight, possibly, um, is because I'm going to be heading to Madison. Uh, to take in um what may have been the uh the ugliest game last year, and hopefully it ends up a little bit more um basketball wise instead of just you know beat up the rim as much as humanly possible um with Wisconsin and Milwaukee. I hope today. it's uglier this um, year. You know um, what? Listen, Mason, you're speak... gonna be there. I hope it's uglier. I hope the finals like twenty one to seventeen. I hope it's a football give, score. Give give any idea? I'm gonna talk about that game for like an hour next week if it ends up like that. You don't want that. You don't want that in the slightest. I hope the teams but, combined to shoot like nine, nine for like ninety-seven. I'm pretty sure that's what they shot last year. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it probably was. I hope that was not loses. Well, I appreciate that, Eric. Brady, who do you um, hope loses? Um, I hope everybody has fun. I hope everybody has a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think um, oh, Wisconsin probably needs it significantly more than Milwaukee does, um, simply because Wisconsin is coming in. And obviously, Mosley, we talked previously about how she was saying that she wants the team to be a team who's good enough to play in the NCAA tournament. And obviously, losing to a Horizon League team to start off the year at home would not be a great look for that. Um, but I'm curious to kind of see what the rotations look like. It would not. But I'm curious to see what the rotations look like for Wisconsin. They had a couple kids out um, for the exhibition against Whitewater last week. Um, Played a lot of freshmen, pretty much all their freshmen last week um, in different spots. But very curious to see what their rotation looks like against, uh, you know, a a Division I program that's been respectable um, in the Horizon League. They haven't been, you know, they haven't bottomed out or anything. Like, they were respectable last year, beat Green Bay, um, I believe, at home last year. Um, so definitely not a pushover. Um, obviously, Milwaukee has a lot of the kids back from last year. Um, obviously, hoping for a better year shooting the ball from kids like Cami Pepler, who I don't think has shot the ball worse in her entire life than she did as a freshman at Milwaukee last year. Um, but yeah, um, I am very curious to kind of see how this one plays out. If Milwaukee plays well, I think it obviously says a lot about their hopes going in the horizon league this year. They were picked as a middle of the pack team, but you know, I think are you know, possibly talented enough to, you know, push up a little bit um, into that top echelon, maybe get a double buy in the uh, in the Horizon League tournament. But, 
you know, we'll see. But obviously, Wisconsin probably needs this a um, hundred times more than than Milwaukee ever could. So um, we'll we'll kind of see how that one plays out. But if I had to, if I had to guess, if Wisconsin won last year with you know some some kids who probably you know aren't are de- not probably aren't at the Power Five level anymore playing um in college basketball still i would think that this year they should be better but you know that's again that's why eric said before it's why we play the games um but yeah you know hoping everybody has fun is pretty much gonna be my my political uh fence sitting line for that one um yeah i hope the final score is like even worse i hope it's like 20 to like <laughs> seven that would be awesome i would love it too if milwaukee won 20 to seven that'd be great I think I think everyone yeah. would walk up just kicking rocks, just wondering what they had just witnessed. Yeah, they should after what's yeah. happening. Let me right. let me check what that score was. Let me check what that score was last year, just so we can we have like some context. Just instead of just saying it was so it was fifty eight to forty nine, but I don't think that anywhere near describes how like ugly <laughs> that game was. Um, so let me actually can I can I go see what that. Let's go see. So let's see. What did what did what did everyone shoot? Uh, Wisconsin shot a blistering thirty one point six percent from the field. Uh, Milwaukee um, almost tried to get to thirty percent, finishing with twenty seven and a half percent shooting from the field, and each made twenty percent of their uh, of their free throws. And you know, each each team oh pretty much. God, that is the worst part. Twenty percent. I know. I, yeah, no, it was ugly. Um, uh, Milwaukee turned the ball over 22 times. Uh, uh, Wisconsin turned it over 16 times. Um, then, uh, yeah, a lot of rebounds to be had, 41 and 39, um, you know, respectively for Milwaukee and Wisconsin. But, yeah, no, the, the, I, don't, I don't think I could, uh, you know, tell you enough how uh, how how rough that that game was to, to watch from start to finish. So, hopefully, you know, for everyone involved, this game looks more like a basketball game instead of, uh, you know, um a fifth grade game where kids are just trying to figure out where the rim is so <laughs> oh man i'm gonna start using that hey you know what i went to the high school game the other night i thought i was at a fifth grade game i'm gonna start <laughs> using that one it's a good one well but to be fair i mean last friday i can i can i add something real quick i, I think the, I, I think the the cheerleader shooting free throws backwards or whatever i think might have shot better than wisconsin and milwaukee last year combined yeah, that probably actually looked like a bunch of their shots. Actually, I think I remember watching that game because you texted me and you said something about like it's like seven to two midway through the third quarter, and I turned it on. Turned it on. Um, the other thing, oh yeah, there's there's two games that I'm looking forward to this week. Selfishly, um, Brady already mentioned one. You and I, Iowa. Uh, and then Drake plays Iowa State as well on Sunday. So two in-state battles. Uh, those games, no matter how good you know teams are, uh, obviously I was very good. They were probably better last year. Um, and, and Drake still took them to overtime. So you know these in-state battles between you and I, Iowa Drake and uh, Iowa State are always really good. And they it's it's good for the state that they all play each other in the conference every year. Um, and so the sun, second Sunday of the season was one of the more fun ones uh, with, with a game in state. So. Um, so uh, I was actually... talking about some of the high school games that I saw. Rip. Yeah. Yeah. We don't got to do that. We don't... Brady, go ahead. <laughs> um, I, okay, I do want to. 
I wanted to bring up uh, something that we haven't touched on yet with uh, the commitment of Britt Prince to, to Nebraska, which we haven't touched on yet, which I think is um, um, obviously a pretty significant one because Britt, I believe, I don't know where ESPN has her, but she's probably, you know, top 20 kid in the country. And I was going to want to ask you guys kind of what your what your takes were on Nebraska getting getting the hometown kid to, to head over to Lincoln. Good job. Yeah, I think uh, Brett Prince was, was very highly sought after. Um, she is a very good guard. She can score it. She does everything for a team. I think she's a good commit for Nebraska. Uh, she's ranked 28th in the ESPN rankings. Um, it's probably about right. Top top 30, you know, kid. Uh, so I think it's Nebraska, their their recruiting is, you know, going along pretty well right now. Uh, as Amy looks to, you know, kind of push them up close to the top of the the conference. So yeah, I mean, not much on her, but I've seen her play quite a few times, and you know, she she was going to make any team, you know, whichever team got her better. So. Um, okay, you can talk about your high school stuff now. I think we have to talk about. No, 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 I was I'll talk about that in a minute, but we did have another uh, pretty commitment uh, from the state of Iowa, the uh, 35th best kid in the state, Emily Swanson, <laughs> um, committed to yeah. Northern Iowa. Uh, 34, oh my gosh, sorry, I'm giving her too much credit. Or giving her too <laughs> less credit. Um, yeah, so uh, I suggest 34th best kid in the state. It's kind of an inside joke, not inside joke. Um, but, uh, I think she's going to be a good get for Northern Iowa. You know, she can shoot the ball extremely well. I thought she had a great summer, um, you know, kind of a, a long, lanky wing who can, you know, play on the perimeter, but also, you know, at times play, you know, inside, uh, as, as more of like a super mobile. He literally just dropped off. Oh, well, one, I'm pretty sure Emily Sorensen committed in Northern Illinois, which I assume is what he was referring to. Yeah, he's back. Oh, welcome he, back, Mason. You can't blame me this time. Yeah, that was that was weird. It just kicked me out and brought me back in. Um, I did not do that. But all that I was saying was like, she's, she's kind of a, she's kind of a kid who can, um, you know, play multiple positions and can shoot the ball really well. And I think fits really well in what Northern uh, Illinois likes to do in their offense, so. Um, you know, congrats to her, and that's just another kid from All Out Attack that's you know going to Division One. Go ahead, Emily. Oh yeah, and then high school stuff. Yeah, I lost uh, the Indiana high school season started last week. Maybe it was the week before. No, it was last week. Yeah, um, I was out at I think it was five games. Five games. Oh, he got kicked out again. Oh, he's having he's having a hard time in his neck of the woods, isn't he? I don't know why it just kicked me out again. Um, it brought me right back in. I th- I think it's Eric. I think he's doing it on um, purpose. But anyway, probably probably. Um, but uh, yeah, I was at five games last week. None of them were great. Uh, I saw Bedford North Lawrence play. Chloe Spreen, who's an Alabama commit, played really well uh, in that game. Uh, they're going to be pretty tough as defending for a champs. 
Um, earlier, I talked about Carson Norman. She was a point guard for that team last year, so they're going to be a little bit worse than they were last year. Uh, but they looked pretty good uh, against Morrisville, who actually uh, have a couple, you know, NAI commits. Uh, and then the one game that I want to talk about the most, and we'll just quickly go over them so I don't bore people with this stuff. Um, Hamilton Southeastern played Ben Davis. Uh, ben Davis is a couple uh, Division One guards, um, and Hamilton Southeastern just kind of did whatever they wanted with them. Um, Maya Mikulski, uh, who's a six-four wing, committed to IU, uh, scored thirty-one points, I believe it was. Um, you know, was able to get to the rim, shoot the three. Uh, she just looked fantastic. Um, Kayla Sidham, who I've talked about on this podcast before, uh, kind of a stretch four kid who just can shoot the lights of the ball from the corners and on the wing. Uh, she played really well. And then Kennedy Holman, who's got a couple power five offers, uh, who's a smaller, you know, five eight guard, but very strong, very aggressive and physical. Um, she played really well too. So Hamilton Southeastern, I think, is going to be a pretty tough team to beat this year in Indiana. Did he leave again? No, he's still in. I don't know if he's uh he's talking anymore though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. Yes, I don't know why. I'm uh, yeah. This is ridiculous. Mason, no, just gonna, to have, just gonna have to read his stuff. That, that's what he's doing. This tonight, is like just a little mad. Yeah, tonight I'm going to a game um between two teams that I would be shocked if they shoot better than like thirty percent on the floor. Brady is I would almost guarantee the final score is gonna be like 40, 42 to like I'm going to put the money on yours. I'm going to put money on the high school one. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know about that. Eric's bleeding money off this podcast these past few episodes. I haven't lost yet. Minnesota, I think it started. Well, well, it will soon. And, what if they uh, lose first first game? It still won't. Fe- I mean, I still will be happy through the LSU loss. So I can. I mean, I almost did the Macarena down one sixty nine. I was so excited they lost. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine, imagine just seeing Eric doing a Macarena on the side of the freeway. That'd be so funny. <laughs> what is that guy on drugs? Do- oh, that's just Eric. LSU <laughs> <lost> <laughs> <today>. <laughs> Don't worry about him. He's okay. Yeah, no, it's just him. You'll you'll get to know him. You'll get to know him. He's everywhere. You'll you'll figure. He'll I'll figure be at the barn tomorrow. I'll have a full report next week from the barn. Well, tomorrow and Sunday. Well, I'll have two games at the Cole Center under my belt, so mm-hmm. we can get drunk. We can we get out. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Appreciate y'all staying around and then listening for however long this was again. Um, we're back next week talking about the uh, the first week plus of the uh, of the uh, college season. And hopefully Mason will be able to get out his, his high school stuff from Indiana because uh, Connection was not allowing him to do so today. So appreciate y'all listening and uh, tune in next week for some fun. Hey, Devin Booker. <laughs>